Self-managing organizations. How do you build them? How do you find teams to to be to, to, to be the ones living inside of this type of an organization? How effective are self-managing organizations? And how do you find someone that is naturally self-managing? For those that listen to this podcast, you know that I was I was really on a kick there with self-managing organizations, and I kind of still am. There was a self-managing organization that was the very first client of Beyond Brand. Self-managing organizations, like one of my favorite podcasts, The Ready, is, is produced by a self-managing organization. There's a lot of good and bad with those types of companies and, and those type of th- types of teams. But I was listening to a podcast today by Jason Fried, who runs a self-managing organization, or that's not necessarily true. He has self-managing principles inside the organization. Let me correct myself. Um, After listening to the podcast today, I started thinking. I started honestly thinking about what it means to to have a a self-managing team how to create one, the impact it can have within side of an organization, how, how you may be productive, and, and the type of leader it takes to, to run a self-managing team. There's a lot there. I may not be able to get to it all, but I'll start, I'll start unpacking some thoughts. To be a leader of a self-managing team takes patience. It takes creativity. It takes perseverance. It takes the it takes the natural desire to let people be who they are. Like I was going to give you a really fancy fancy way of like it takes a natural desire to to dive into someone's contextual. No, we're not even doing all that today. Very simple. It takes a natural desire to want someone to to allow someone to support someone being who they are. And I'll and I'm and I'll I'll raise my hand and say I'm a great leader, and that's very difficult for me at times. The best leaders inside of the best self-managing teams, and let me define a self-managing team. A self-managing team gets shit done. Pardon my French. But it's objective. A self-managing team is led by, let's say, or is ran ran by with six to eight team members. And they get everything done, deliverable-wise, um, team alignment-wise, communication-wise, tweaks-wise, anything operational, anything that has to do with the, the day-to-day interactions of a team and a company, they get things done in a way that is productive without anyone telling the other person how to do something, when to do something, and what fashion to do something, and what structure to do something. There, there's, no, there's no intentional guidance there. It's, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful sink of human beings that are, that are all proactive at getting to know how someone else works and, 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 and following a certain set of, a certain set of principles and and guiding and guiding points. And so the type of leader you need is someone that really, really allows people to do that naturally. Like being a self-managing leader is someone that you, you, you have total empathy for how they want to live life, how they want to work, how they want to execute things, how they, how they want to be. It's in the literal DNA of your bones to do that. 
To be a self-managing leader, you have to be someone that listens well, that has very minimal ego. And if you do have ego, it's that you have ego around being the most empathetic person in the world. If you're going to have ego, have if you're going to be the Kanye West of something, and I know that's a very crazy statement right now, so let me take that back because he's in a whole spot, but I'll you knew the you knew where I was going with it. If you're gonna be egotistical about something, be egotistical about being the most empathetic person in the world. The most empathetic leader in the world. Have ego around that. If you're going to have ego about something, have ego around that. If you're going to have ego about something, have ego that you are one of the nicest people in the world. And you, when you work with your, with your employees, you will do anything in the world to understand how they want to work and let them be. That's what I think I, yeah. So a self-managing leader has to be that way. Now, a self-managing leader has to design a team in a very interesting way as well. A self-managing leader, the way they design teams has to be around, um, around high levels of communication early on. I tried to build a self-managing organization. Startup BX, my very first company, was a flat organization. There was no uh, rankings, no hierarchy, no... I I mean, I think if we had to put one in, it was definitely guided by my energy, but everyone had a lot of input. And I remember the number one issue was the communication styles. Everyone didn't know how to communicate with each other and how to get the best from each other. Because I don't, I don't know if we selfishly wanted to. I think we were all individual businesses trying to cohesively work together when we all had different goals and different plans and how we wanted to do things. So there, there has to be a, a, natural, um, a natural desire to, to fight and to work and to operate for a higher purpose. An overall mission that, that has not been individually identified. Um, I think what you can expect at a productivity level of self-managed organizations is it's going to be really tough in the first six to eight months because that's the alignment period. But then I think you hit a, I think you hit a groove and a, and a pocket of scale and speed and momentum that you need to, you need to press down on. I was just saying it to my partner today. I said, look, I'm seeing what the company's doing from afar. I'm respecting what the company's doing from afar. Uh, I love the fact that I can support in any way possible. And, and I'm feeling a pocket of alignment. I'm feeling some momentum here. I feel like I'm starting to really wrap my head around what we're doing and how we're navigating the things. And, and um, you only get that alignment if both individuals are, are, are so competitive with themselves around staying on top of their their, their, their duties, their knowledge, their understanding of something that it, it's, they don't want to conflict with their own value set. Now, the biggest question before I wrap this episode, this is more just a therapeutic rant about the importance of this, but to actually recruit a self-managing organization and a team and a leader, what does that look like? I'll tell you one simple way to do it. It starts with talking about it. 
it starts with defining and talking about all the different factors of what a self-managing organization and team and human being looks and feels like. And it starts by paying attention to how someone reacts and navigates that question and, the, and, the, and, and that response. And it starts with honesty. Self-managing organizations, teams, leaders, departments are needed inside of your traditional for-profit company that has your traditional hierarchy. Leaders today, start allowing your people to navigate work with more fluidity, with more flexibility. Focus on the objective outcome that we're all chasing after. What I love most is that if you're paying someone $150,000 a year to drive a sale, it doesn't matter if Rob found the sale or if, or if Derek found the sale or if Andrew found the sale or if Raja found the sale or if, or if Trevor found it. It doesn't matter who found the sale. Everyone plays a part. I love the sales teams and I love those companies out there where there's, a, where there's an overall company and department uh, bonus structure and goal. We're all working together to, to, to make things happen. It starts by being honest and it starts by def defining what that looks like. Standing back, watching reaction and consistently drumming home that honesty throughout the entire interview process. You do that, you're off to a good start. Maybe I'll do a part two of this. As always, just a few thoughts, just a few perspectives. We'll talk soon.